This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm really excited to dive into the topic of self-care today. I'm actually like really excited, but also the reason I'm recording this episode today is because I became really desensitized from this whole concept because I got so sick of everyone talking about it, myself in my own self-care journey at some point. And also, I, I just got to this point where I felt like taking care of myself felt more like an obligation, like a to-do, than it like, and it kind of negated the idea of really taking care of myself. Does that make sense? Because like, it, it just felt like one more thing. Like there's so many things I have to make dinner and I have to do work and I have to be a mom to these kids. And, and yes, and I have to take care of myself, you know, and it just became this thing. And I noticed that that comes up a lot on our coaching calls in Flow 365. So I decided that I would record this episode because I don't feel that way anymore. Though that said, I don't always use the words self-care so much anymore um, because of this fact. And so today I thought I'd just like dive right in. And also to look forward to, uh, today it's going to be more of like a teaching episode. We even have a planning sheet that goes along with this episode. So definitely go check out the show notes and download your copy of the planning sheet. It's all about how to really look at making 12 days of self-care really happen for you. Um, And I'll explain why this is important in the episode. And so go download that, like see how that works. And then in the next episode, I'm going to peel back the curtain to what I'm exactly thinking about right now. So between the two, I hope that you get lots of ideas of how to embrace this and why it might be really important for you right now. So personally, I, again, got so sick of this word. I just felt like it was so overused or this concept of self-care. And and it really did just become something else, like another thing that I just had to worry about, right? And so, and also, like, I think one of the things that really played into that was I got sold early on that self-care, like before I even knew what the word self-care was or that it was something that I might need to prioritize someday, like what I got modeled and what I saw around me was that self-care is getting a pedicure or getting a regular massage or going to a yoga class. And still to this day, my family jokes when I say I'm going to go to yoga, they're like, all right, mom, we'll see you in like three hours. And that used to actually really annoy me. Um, 
I haven't gone to yoga class as much since the pandemic, but that like that used to really get, I don't think it would get under my skin quite so much right now, but it used to really get under my skin. So the thing about those things is it's not like we don't want to take care of ourselves in that way. That might sound really appealing to you. I know sometimes it sounds really appealing to me and it's something, some of those things are things that I do. I, I do take care of my feet by getting pedicures from time to time, but one of the big issues with that for me is that they're they're pretty big things. They take time, they take money if you do them regularly. And there was definitely times when number one, I didn't feel like the time, and number two, I didn't feel like that would at all fit within our budget. And also it really framed self-care as something extra, as a luxury, right? Like it's a luxury that I can go. Um, get my nails painted, or it's a luxury that I'm going to go get my once a year massage or whatever it was, you know, 10 years ago. So I just feel like that's where it was so important for me to step back and understand what self-care really is and why it is so important and why it has nothing to do with things that have to take a lot of time and a lot of money and how we can really embrace it to actually take better care of the people around us, take better care of our work, take better care of our homes, right? All the different things. Because often how we do one thing is how we do everything. And so it makes a big difference when we're taking care of ourselves. And also it's a lot simpler. I'm hoping I'm going to show you in this episode that it can be a lot simpler than maybe how we've made it in the past. So on this episode, I'm going to go into three different self-care concepts and different ways that you might integrate them into your life. And then again, on the next episode, I'm going to really peel back the curtains to exactly what I'm doing right now, which may not at all be what you need to be doing right now, but just so you can start to understand my thinking. And uh, when when I'm sharing right now, I'll also reflect back to different moments, different phases, different seasons, and what it looked like then. Um, It's going to be not a very organized episode. It's going to be more of a stream of conscious episode, which I know you all sometimes like. And I'm I'm just really, really excited to to do that, to show you how I'm thinking about it right now. And on this episode, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through these three self-care concepts that I think are really important. And number one, just so you know what they are, is an awareness of what it is that we need. Number two is what food looks like as self-care. And number three, planning as self-care. All right? So let's start off with the first concept, which is noticing awareness, right? And noticing and giving yourself what you notice you need is like the most beautiful act of self-care because that's literally the opposite of having these things in your calendar on your to-do list that feel like you're obligated to do. You're really giving yourself what it is that you need in that moment. All right. And so just to be clear, like any act of caring for ourselves is self-care. And so sometimes that looks like taking care of basic needs, giving ourselves nourishing food or remembering to even eat food, whether it's nourishing or not, hydrating ourselves, whether that's through water or drinking high water or eating high water foods, moving our bodies. And that does not mean necessarily, it doesn't have to mean like two hours of working out or running 5k or going to that yoga class, right? 
That is not what I'm talking about when I talk about moving our body. At a at a basic need, we function much better if we have moved our body, even if it's just for 10 minutes and not sat in a chair all day or, you know, sat in eight bonbons while we watch our kids run around in circles and move their bodies all day, right? Or go to their games when they're older to teenagers, right? Like I, I have... Well, I have two athletes. Um, the third one's not in high school yet. So we haven't quite seen what she's doing. I guess she's an athlete too, but I haven't had as much of the game thing with her. And, you know, you can spend a lot of time watching your kids do, you know, take care of their bodies, right? Um, and that might not be the way that we take care of our bodies, but we spend a lot of time watching it and then not taking care of our bodies. So this is what I'm talking about, right? Sleep, right? So it's like, what are these things that, that, at a very basic level, are us taking care of ourselves. I believe that we all, all of us, can find acts of self-care that we can do every day that, again, don't cost money, don't take a ton of time. And I also believe in totally 100%, if you want to set time aside for the bigger self-care, if you're like, Mia, like, but I don't want to just do the little things. I don't want to just have my basic needs. I want to create a life where I do some of these bigger things you're talking about. That sounds amazing. You can do that too. And we're going to get into that in, in the third concept a little bit more. So I just want you to know that it's all possible, but sometimes we just, I feel like we make this so complicated. So let's start by looking at the super basic self-care acts that we can work on. Not work on, that's not how I want to say it, how we can work into our lives, right? We can work them into our lives regularly, no matter how many hats we're wearing, because I know that if you're anything like me, you wear lots of hats and there's lots of moments where you're like, oh my God, I can't do that right now. I have to do these other hundred things, right? To make sure that everything else is taken care of. But I want to show how we can do this, all right? So one thing that we can all do is just like start being aware and noticing. You know that moment when you're like, gosh, I'm depleted, or wow, I have a headache coming on, or when is this going to get better, right? Like you just have this flash of like, why is it like this? So the second you get that flash Instead of indulging in it, because I promise you that when you start thinking about that and wallowing in whatever's happening, whether it's like a kid is acting out or um, you're frustrated with work or you just feel like the day has gone so fast, like there's so many different moments that we have, you are definitely going to spend like 10 minutes plus thinking about this thing. So the second those thoughts start coming up, use that as a trigger to just say like, what could I do right now? Even if it's just for like two minutes. I was in a class the other day where the teacher was like, just let us through these, these breaths, right? And and it was it felt so good by the time she led us through this certain breathing exercise. And at the end, she was like, you all know that that was like two minutes, right? And and we all felt just like we had spent hours taking care of ourselves because those three breaths in that moment just relaxed everything away. I think she had had us think of something like big and stressful right before we did those those breaths. And it really, really took the edge off. It was quite remarkable. So when that happens, you can ask yourself some key questions. 
Do I need to get outside for some fresh air? Do I need 10 minutes of quiet with nobody bothering me? Do I need to eat? Am I hungry right now? So it's easy to brush off and say, I'm too busy, or I just need to finish one more thing. I am the queen of that still sometimes to this day. I'm not going to tell you I'm perfect at all. But we can stop and give ourselves what we need. And again, like that breath example, or just walking around the block, or just literally opening the back door, because where I am right now, it's freezing, and just taking a breath of fresh, freezing cold fresh air, right? Or standing up and walking around the living room, even just remembering to stand up, or what uh, the shaman. I'm calling the shaman, Julie, who is the shaman in our program in Flow 365, she shared at our monthly OM a couple of weeks ago to, you know, that all we have to do is, I think she called it, was it like 90, uh, something about 90s, but she's like, if every 90 minutes you just look up and try to look, you know, away, like 20 feet away from you. So I'm not sure I can, now I'm trying to like think like, what would the nineties have been? But anyway, it's not about that. It's just remembering to look up, looking beyond your computer, hopefully out a window and focusing even just for a couple seconds and then going back, right? These are all, I know that you want to know how to go get a massage every week, but sometimes these little things are actually even more impactful. So it's really coming up with what these things are and getting into this practice of interrupting ourselves and listening to what we need, right? And I really do believe that this is the best way to start. And it's really the best way to start as we go up the rungs. So depending on where you are and how much energy you've put into this, you might be way beyond basic needs. You Maybe you have a baby and you're like right there trying to figure out how, how to have a shower, or maybe you've been taking care of a parent and you're back to that place of no sleep. Or, you know, we all have these different phases, right? And so sometimes it's kind of like an accordion. We go back and forth. Or maybe you're great and you've got all that down and now you're trying to figure out how to meditate on a daily basis, right? So there's always like this spiral staircase that we can be on that that there's always a place to really, I believe, pour even more and more into ourselves than we are right now. I mean, I don't think there's any woman who fully pours all that she can into herself, even the most enlightened of us. Um, And I'm not saying like me, I'm not at all putting myself as part of the enlightened us, but just like even the most enlightened of women, I just feel like there's really like more. This is, there's always a little bit more, always an edge because we've all been so conditioned to take care of others and to put others before ourselves. So again, this practice, it's really just about listening, listening to what we need and interrupting ourselves. And just starting there, especially given all this conditioning that most of us have, right? Again, and not putting ourselves first. And then we really, it's like, I've noticed this. So, you know, for me, and again, I'll go into this in this next episode, but that basic needs piece was mostly, you know, a 14 years ago thing. When my kids were little, it was the beginning of my health transformation. Like I haven't really been there in a long time. I did have a pretty hard year that first year of the pandemic, but not, it wasn't quite like the beginning. Like I had the framework. I just, I just, because I had a kid who was really struggling, I didn't always feel worthy of it, but I was able to work through that in a slightly, 
a slightly different way than being at the beginning. So there's just always a different level. There's always a way to evolve. And as I do that, I notice that it's like, it's just like this, it just gets integrated. It gets integrated into our being and we, and people notice not that we're being selfish to take care of ourselves, but that we're like glowing and showing up in a different way and being more generous and being more, it's like, we're almost, it's like, we're more attractive. Isn't that weird? And, and all we're doing is taking better and better care of ourselves. So there's a couple ways that you can do this, how that you can interrupt yourself. And so I'm just going to share a couple of my like favorite frameworks that I have worked with. Some have been shared on this podcast. Um, so an easy thing that you could do or is create alarms on your phone. So just interrupt yourself like by using your phone and setting an alarm and you could just like, don't call it self-care. Um, call it something that feels really great to you, like pause and do something amazing for yourself. Or, you know, depending on where you are, like pause and do something amazing for my body. Make sure you could use some cute emojis, like word it really well, and make sure that the sound really feels nurturing, the, the alarm. So don't do like a obnoxious beep beep that like literally makes you jump 10 feet off the ground when it goes off, all right? So make even the alarm part of it self-nurturing. So that's one thing you could do to interrupt yourself. Um, another thing that you could do, a, fra- a framework to think about how you might interrupt yourself, um, was given to us by my colleague, Nina Mandelson, who I'm very excited. This is a total aside, but she's going to be back in April. We're doing an amazing week-long event, which I'm so excited up. So if, you, if you're if you really excited about this concept of, of just making space for you and your greatness. You're going to love the event we're putting on in early April. So save space in that first week of April for some some transformations and stay tuned on that. But what Nina taught me was this concept of 10-10-10. That's what I think she called it. I don't even know if she teaches this anymore because I learned this from her like 14 years ago. But it really stuck with me. And it's pausing for 10 minutes three times a day. And so maybe that's a framework for when you set these alarms. It's like, um, and I, I think... You know, if alarms don't resonate with you, the other thing that I've done is, you know, 10 minutes after a meal or before a meal or somehow associated with a meal, um, that's a way that I sort of just stack things onto each other because most of us eat three times a day. So, you know, 10 minutes, three times a day is 100% possible. So, So the idea is that for 10 minutes, three times a day, you do something that's like really nourishing to yourself, right? So it's like literally all you need is 30 minutes. And that brings us to one of the other tools that I really loved, which was taught by Kelly Grimes, I believe at one of our, um, I can't remember where she taught it. She taught it a few times, maybe at Make December Matter, maybe at the Art of 90 Days, but one of our events, again, where we bring in guests. I love those events. So um, and she shared the idea of making a nurturing a nurturing list or a nurture list, I think is what she called it. So for her, self-nurturing was a better word. So steal that if you want that. Um, and the idea behind this, and I have done this before in different planning scenarios, is just like make a piece of paper. And if you're doodly, you can make this like all doodly. You could probably download something fun somewhere, but make sure it's your list, not somebody else's list. And like, so sometimes it's helpful when you're not in a state of like, 
oh my gosh, my life is, I'm never going to be able to take care of myself. So not when you're in that state, when you're in a more relaxed state, just thinking through like, what are 10 things that really do nurture me, that really are caring, that are feel important to me right now in the season I'm in. So we're all always in different seasons because of the age of our kids, because of work, because of the literal season we're in, whether it's summer or winter, um, maybe even in our cycle, although usually I do one of these per year. Um, you know, sometimes I do it season by season. Sometimes I do it at the beginning of one of the flow planners, but it's like, what is what are those things that really nurture me right now or or nurture me with what I'm doing right now? So a lot of times for me, it's about interrupting myself during a work day and it's remembering the power of like standing up and stretching or going and getting a glass of water or pausing and doing just even a six minute meditation, right? So what are those things that I just want to remember? Because the thing is, is that when we need these things or when the alarm goes off or when we know that we're, you know, we've decided that every time we have breakfast, lunch, or dinner, we're going to spend 10 minutes, we often forget what it is, like what the things are that actually nurture us. And so having this list posted on the wall, like almost like you make yourself a mini poster, I have found to be a really helpful thing. And then I just look at my list of 10 things that I know really serve me. And I do one of them. I just pick the one that resonates most with me right then. So there's like this aspect of choice, but I'm really holding the time. I'm I'm really putting my energy into this by setting this alarm, by interrupting myself, by interrupting my day. Does that make sense? So, but I'm not, I, I, I'm giving myself some structure so that I, I actually, you know, do it. And one of the reasons I also like making a sheet that's my own is that I can really explore what's going to serve me. The other thing I find about self-care is that if you're, you know, on social media, if you follow, a, you know, if you're a podcast listener, if you follow people on Instagram, you, you're probably seeing a lot about self-care or things that might fall under self-care. And we can take on a lot of that, I should be doing these things that these other people are doing, or that this list says I should do. You know, you might you might listen to this and then go Google like self-care ideas. And the part that's not so great about that is that then you take on other people's things. And generally when we take on other people's things, they're not they're not really our things and they do take on that more to-do list quality. So just keeping it really simple and really asking your inner wisdom, yourself, what you need, I think is really important. And you might come up with some crazy things. Like maybe you've just been meaning to read a book forever. And so one of your things is like you just put a timer on and read for 10 minutes, right? Maybe it's that you've been trying to drink smoothies or eat salads. And so you just put a timer on and like make the smoothie and drink it. You know what I mean? Like so much can fit into 10 minutes. It's kind of unbelievable. So that's one of my favorite tools, the 10, 10, 10 concept. And also, you know, setting alarms if that resonates with you. And again, making sure that the sound doesn't defeat <laughs> the idea of the care, right? So it's a nurturing sound. So I did think I would share a couple ideas with you just in case you are like me and you had that version of self-care in your head that it cost a lot of money and was complicated and you know was big. So I thought I'd just give you some of the ideas that have really resonated with me over the years in hopes that they serve you. But please, 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 like the 
the the way that we as women really negate sort of this idea of self-care is we beat ourselves up about not doing the self-care, which can you see how that's not caring? So really like step one in self-care is being so gentle with yourself. Like even if you set an alarm, even if you set an alarm on your phone three times a day and we're like, this is just a reminder to be so gentle with yourself. I'm sure when the alarm goes off within the past hour, you've judged yourself about something. Like that is self-care. So I'm going to give you a few ideas. That's one of them. Number one is no judging yourself about what you're not doing, especially around self-care, okay? No judging yourself, period. But really, the self judging ourselves about not doing things that are take care of ourselves, like that doesn't make any sense. So you know, back to those basic needs. It's it's really nurturing sometimes to take a shower. When I was having a really hard year, I took a lot of showers. They were a place I could be alone. They were a place that somehow like I could cry. I could think of ideas. I loved that shower. Or a bath, right? Bath feels a little more heart complicated to me. I generally have to like clean the bath before I get in it. Um, but just that pause for me is really helpful. Um, planning can be self-care. We're going to get into that in number three. So like sitting down for 10 minutes and planning the meals for the next day, getting dressed. This is one I'm going to talk about in the next episode. Cause for me, this is a big one right now after the pandemic. And I just, yeah, I've been wearing like the same three yoga pants for three years. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat that one, but getting dressed can sometimes feel like an amazing act of self-care, taking a walk and a walk does not have to be power walking five miles. It can be walking slowly around the block and taking in all the sounds and senses around you. It can be a power walk, but it doesn't have to be a power walk. You could pause and check in with your body, right? We're going to get more into that in a, in a few weeks, actually, in, in that offering I told you that Nina's coming back to. I think she's going to be covering that. You can ask for help, right? That's an amazing act of self-care that we forget about it. Where do you need help? What are you taking on that you don't need to take on? How could you ask for help? So often, we I must coach on this at least three times every Monday with all the flow, between all the Flow 365ers of it's like, you know, I'm just so stressed about this one thing. Well, what if you asked your, your colleague to do that part? Or what if you asked your spouse to do that or a kid to do that? And it's like, Oh yeah, they could totally do that, right? So how how can you care for yourself and ask for help? Maybe it's about going to bed on time. And actually, back to the help one. <laughs> also, if you're good at asking for help, make sure you're good at receiving the help, okay? That's really important, right? Asking and receiving can be two separate things. I got really good at asking, but then I would always be like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. <laughs> right? So I'd get really good at asking and then I wouldn't receive it. All right, back to going to bed on time. Um, what else do I have? Make sure that the food you're eating is really serving your body. That's an amazing act of self-care. Some form of exercise, though again, exercise doesn't have to be that like power thing. I'll tell you all more about this on my next episode, but my daughter and I are on this as I'm recording this, we're on this sort of looking at college tours during her break. And we stopped, we did stop to do yoga in the midst of looking at colleges at Kripalu. I don't know if you know about Kripalu, but it's literally my favorite place on this planet. And um, 
you know, so we spent a day doing yoga, which just felt so good. But at the end, she looked at me and she's like, you know what? I really love that 15 minute yoga we do on YouTube. I love that we do that. You know, I love when I do that consistently, right? So it doesn't have to be about all day, 90 minutes, two hours. Like that 15 minute yoga class on YouTube, like that can be great. All right. I have a funny YouTube story for the next episode too. Again, reading a part of a book. And I think one of the things that we fear with some of these things is we're going to get lost in them. I know sometimes I used to fear that about getting lost in getting lost in a book. And there are days when I let myself get lost in a book, especially if I'm reading something fiction. But I read a lot of nonfiction, a lot of personal development, a lot of business books. And I love just setting aside 10 minutes a day to like read the next few pages. I actually take in that kind of writing much better. It helps me integrate it. It helps me actually implement whatever it is that I'm reading. So reading a book and, and allowing that to be just a 10-minute practice. Put your Putting your feet up. How often do we go, 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 and then like feel so tired and then just keep powering through to get dinner on the table or whatever it is that we're doing at home, right? Put your feet up for five minutes. It makes a big difference. Again, back to that thing that I just got reminded in a class, just take three deep breaths. So powerful. You could drink more water, right? So your three things could each be a glass of water if that's something that you're really focused on and you notice you're always dehydrated. You could write in your journal for 10 minutes, just write a page or half a page or however far you get. Sometimes we think things like journaling, they have to be perfect. I did the artist way for a long time, and that's about writing three pages every morning. And it took me about 40 minutes to do that. I might have been slow. I don't know. But it took me about 40 minutes to do that. And 10 minutes of writing can sometimes be more powerful. Sometimes I can be more focused. Um, and I so I've really loved as sometimes I find when I constrain the time, I actually, the focus shifts how I interact with whatever it is I'm doing. You could get outside and feel the sunshine or even feel, in the case of where I am right now, the snow or the freezing cold, right? Like you just feel more alive and you're breathing fresh air. You could turn on your favorite song and just listen. You could also turn on your favorite song and dance. Dancing has so much power. You could Literally open a notebook, write on the back a receipt and just recycle it, but just write down three things that you're grateful for in a given moment and just see what we're calling that, writing it down. Like you don't have to keep it. You just, you experience feeling that gratitude and it shifts how you're going. It like nurtures your soul. It's like, it's like care of the soul, right? You can um, also plan for more in-depth self-care. So you could use 10 minutes if you're doing this 10, 10, 10 thing and make a plan for how to get to yoga or, you know, or have a quick conversation with the person who you need to help you in order to do that. Maybe it's like offloading some piece of a work project to somebody, or if you have kids at home who need to be taken care of, maybe it's about finding a way to get them taken care of. Or if your spouse just always expects you're home for dinner, then maybe it's just about calling and saying, hey, I'm not going to be home for dinner because I'm going to do this thing. Got it? All right. Those are just some ideas of ways that you could spend that 10 minutes. I'm sure there's like hundreds more. And so we'll post a, um, an Instagram post about this episode. I would love to hear some crowdsourcing of all those ideas. All right. So come share them. 
All right, here's the second concept that I want to share with you. Um, and I'm going to go deeper into this in my own journey right now because I've, as I've been sharing my own journey a little bit on social media and in emails, by the way, if you, I feel like Instagram, like I post there and I'm getting better at posting there as an act of self-care actually to be consistent um, is fine. But if you're on our email list, like I feel like that's a place for me that's really good for conversation. I always say reply to this email with questions or comments. And I'm genuinely serious about that. Someone responded once and was like, I feel like you're really saying this. And then they wrote me all these things. And I was like, yeah, 100%, I'm really saying this. I love responding to emails I get. So email me the things. All right. So so I've been hearing a lot about this in response to emails and, and, and social media. I think that's where I was going with that. Um, about how, and I, I've been hearing this from people who stopped, let me say the right way to say this, who maybe stopped taking care of their body a little bit because they definitely were trying to decondition themselves from this idea that as a woman, they were always supposed to be taking care of their body. And this is something that I have definitely experienced, right? Like I dieted, I think I went to my, I did go to my first Weight Watchers meeting with my mom when I was nine or 10 years old. I must've been, let me think about that. Yeah. So I was in, you know, fifth or sixth grade. And so after that, there was always the diet. There was always the fad diet, whether, you know, what they were, there were so many of them. <laughs> I think there was a time when there was a bagel diet. Um, so all that to say that I didn't have the bestest relationship with food until this experience I had 14 years ago, which was sort of the, the basis for all this planning talk and self-care talk and all the talk that we do today, right? And I'm not the only one with this experience because as I share what I'm doing today, which again, I will share more on the podcast next week. I'm really excited to do that as an episode. But as I dive into it now, I'm getting a lot of feedback about from women who are like, yeah, wow, I've been in this like three-year thing where basically I haven't been taking care of myself because I was so mad that I was forced to do all these things before. And so it's kind of like we had this reaction to sort of the control of all the systems that we were in, and then we just didn't take care of ourselves. But that doesn't really serve us either. So again, to me, it's more like this thing, which all of self-care sort of has happen fit into at some point and for many women which is like the idea that we have to do something versus we are doing it because the more we thrive the better we can care for others the better we can show up and you know in the case of work maybe serve a community serve in case of our, in case of our families you know really love on those people more right because we are we have a full cup right? So many of us operate from an empty cup. And then we expect ourselves to give. And to me, that's where this disconnect is and where this stress comes from this endless to-do list is that like we just are depleted. And from this depleted place, it's so hard to do the things that we want to do. So for me, eating well, not only eating well, but also how I prepare food 
can be like the most beautiful form of self-care. And I just want to put that caveat or not, right? So depending on how we're looking at food and preparing it, it can either feel like a burden or it can feel like we're taking care of ourselves. So I want to talk about some ways where we can make that shift. So for anyone listening who's like, oh my God, like I just can't do it anymore. Like I can't be in the kitchen this many hours. I can't be prepping. I hate meal planning, like all that. It might be about just like switching it up and being like, how can this really nourish me right now? How can this be self-care, right? And again, we show up so much better for the world when we're nourished. I cannot tell you that, you know, I'm not going to say like, you know, I haven't had gluten or dairy in 14 years, but I've definitely had moments of caffeine or alcohol or sugar, right? Sugar is a big thing for me. And when I have had other moments of like being like, you know, Mia, like I really want to be able to concentrate. So I, I, I ditched alcohol. I don't know. It's definitely been that's probably been a few years, actually. Um, I'm trying to think. I was about to say it's been almost a year, but I think it's been like a few years. Um, and it's not like I drank that much before, but I noticed if I ever had a glass of wine, like the next day I wasn't as productive. So I sort of ditched that. I've played around with caffeine and having it or not having it. Um, and definitely, especially in perimenopause, and I'll get into this a bit in next week's podcast when I talk about my self-care, I've played a lot with sugar. And when I'm really nourishing my body the way it needs in the season that I'm in, I focus better at my work. I'm kinder to all those people around me, including my kids and my husband. Um, I'm just better. I'm like a better person. And so to me, this is a really important part. And it's why I'm like pulling it out of that initial self-care thing. There's two pieces that I'm pulling out because I just think that they need a little bit more breaking down, right? So if nourishing yourself feels hard... I would love you to look at what you can do to make it easier or at least feel more easeful, right? So one thing that I have found makes a big difference, and this is just to get, this is just my experience working with the hundreds of women I've worked with, who I'm assuming that since so many people have struggled with this, that come into my world, that there's others out there um, who might be too. And the first thing that makes a big difference is knowing what's for dinner, like in advance, not five minutes before. So this literally saves so much time and energy throughout the whole day, just knowing in the morning what's for dinner, right? So imagine, like, doesn't that feel simple as an act of self-care? And one of the reasons that, or a few of the reasons this works is, one, we spend just a lot of like thinking time. So it just frees up a lot of thinking time and thinking, what am I going to eat? Do I have the stuff? It also helps us not sort of negate um, our own care by having to like run out and get an ingredient because we decide, we we look before we leave the house, we, we decide if that's what we're still having, we write a list of things we might need to get, we look at our schedule to see when we can get it. So it's different than the experience of coming home, wondering what's for dinner, realizing you don't have all the ingredients, thinking again, like the stress of just making choices. There's a lot of stress about making choices. So something really nurturing, which will also tap into and the concept number three that I want to talk about today. There's so much stress in making choices that it's very nurturing and caring to ourselves to make choices in advance so we can really prepare ourselves for them. 
And like, that's a simple example. Like I might say, I want to have, you know, salmon and salad for dinner and rice, let's say for my family. And so I might open the fridge and be like, great, we have a cucumber, we have some lettuce, interesting, like there's not that much lettuce, so maybe I'll pick up some arugula on the way home. And then I might look and be like, oh, wait, I thought we had salmon. And then I remember we put it in the freezer, so then I take it out so it's all defrosted by the time I'm trying to cook it, right? And sometimes I might even make the rice in the morning so that it's just done. And all of those things are me thinking at a time when dinner's not stressful. It's not happening right then. It's just not even triggering, right? So I can do all that. And then that makes, that's like taking care of myself in advance. So I just sort of shared the second thing I was going to share, which is the concept of moving any food forward, but maybe dinner forward during the day. So, you know, that could be looking like making the rice in the morning when you're like just getting breakfast ready if that feels not stressful or doing it in the middle. Sometimes I'll do that in the middle of the day during my own lunch break because I work from home. Um, It might be prepping veggies on a Sunday, right? So there's all of these different things. I love, um, we had a great episode um, by Angela. So you could just Google Plan Simple Podcast Angela. Um, And she talked about so many great meal prepping strategies, but one of them is freeze making freezer bags of what we want in our morning smoothie so you could do that once a week and then all you do is like put stuff in this in the morning smoothie you could do that with a slow cooker or an instapot right like not make the smoothie but do food in advance you could chop something so all of these things are just like how can we make this idea of meals and food and health and like what we actually want, how can we just make it more streamlined and easeful, right? Often we make it stressful. And so how can we make it more easeful? And sometimes it's simple little tweaks. So I talked about moving food forward throughout the day. I also alluded to the idea of Sunday. So another very caring act can be setting aside a day or a half a day to batch or prep cook, especially if you have really busy weeks. So maybe you're working and then kids are at sports or, you know, like maybe you just need a break when you get home. I don't know, like just things are happening, you're driving everywhere. And so it's actually an act of self-care to batch food in advance. Now, that same thing, idea of batching food could totally stress you out. But this is this example of like, if we can just switch it, if we can tweak it a little bit and make it an act of self-care, the actual batching of food can feel more nurturing and relaxing. Isn't that weird? It's like, we're doing the same things, but we could tell ourselves the story that batching the food and making a soup or some beans in advance on Sunday so that we have them on Tuesday, um, we could say that that's just like so burdensome, but we could also just let it be self-care. All right, here's a third concept I want to share with you. And this is that planning and intention setting, like all the things that come into the flow planning method, but so that's why I'm going to call it planning, though I don't know that all methods of planning are as nurturing as ours. So I just want to say that with that little caveat. But the idea of planning in its essence, no matter how you're planning, is that you're just deciding in advance. And One of the things, one of the reasons I think that this is really important is, so, well, let's go back. So planning just means 
that you're in my world. So I'm just going to define planning my way. Planning to me means that you're putting your dreams, your goals, and your needs into time. Does that make sense? So you're being intentional about how you spend your time and your energy, right? Because you can see how even with those food ones, it's about your energy. It's like you might be making the same meals, but you're like, you're doing it with an energy that actually serves you, which is the caring part. Planning means you're paying attention also to your needs at a time when like the part of your brain is fired that can do that. Because often when we're in a stressful moment, which might just be, you know, opening the fridge to see what's for dinner, and all of a sudden we get this surge of stress, our brain doesn't understand that that's about dinner, which isn't that big of a problem. It it equates that with a lion chasing us. And so we literally, like our, our, our whole nervous system gets activated in a very different way than we might even understand is happening. So the cool thing about planning is that we can be deciding what it is we want in a calm space, in a space where our brain is like, yeah, yeah, girl, you 100% deserve this taking care of yourself thing. Like, let's do some of that. Let's plan for some of that. Let's create some structure, some boundaries so that that can happen, right? And that doesn't necessarily happen in the moment when we really need it, which is why planning itself is a really nurturing practice. Okay, and there is a planning sheet associated with this post as I shared at the associated with this podcast, which I shared at the beginning. It's in the blog post for this podcast. So do go get that. That's a planning sheet specifically about planning for self-care. But I also just want to point out that that's not necessarily all that I'm talking about. I'm talking about like you could plan your whole day that includes work and kids and food and and self-care. And just that act of planning is self-care because you're deciding what you're doing again from that the part of your brain that's that's really looking out after you versus the part of your brain that you know isn't sure you're safe by deciding to do the things that you're you're really wanting to do that really serve you. So I'm talking about planning your days, your weeks, your months, your year, whatever it is, right? To really respond to what you need around in all areas, right? Because and really in all those areas, if you're thinking from this perspective, you're thinking from a perspective of taking care of yourself. Like a woman making money, to me, that is self-care. That is you caring for yourself. So we're we're really expanding this idea of what caring is. And in doing that, I think it really helps to reframe some of the things that we even think are burdensome, but they're actually us taking care of ourselves. So if you are having trouble putting yourself first or doing that 10, 10, 10 thing, you know, because and it's because you're noticing probably in a moment when you're a little bit more stressed that my guess is that that's usually what's happening if you're having trouble do that, then it just might mean that you need to get that into time. You need to plan for when that's happening and plan for how that's going to happen. And really, this is why I'm so passionate about planning. So passionate about planning because it really can help us take such good, fill our cups, take good care, put our oxygen masks on so that we can go out and do the great things that we are meant to do. All right. That was a long time to talk about 
self-care. I didn't know it was going to be that long. So my challenge to you now is not to get overwhelmed in this, not to get lost in this, not to do all three things I talked about at once. Choose one, whether it's just becoming aware and planning those three 10 minutes. Maybe it's like you're really wanting to take on the food piece or the planning piece. Pick one area and see if you can focus on that. And then go head on over to the the blog post to download your self-care planning sheet and see if you can plug that thing in and really make it happen for the next 12 days. And one of the things you'll hear when I press record on the next episode is how nurturing it can be to stick to something. So stick to it for 12 days. Start to see what transforms. You're going to have thoughts that come up of like, oh my God, I'm so selfish. Oh my gosh, everyone's judging me for my 10 minutes, right? But even if they say it out loud, wait until they see who you become when you do this. They're going to be like, please go take care of yourself more because it just shifts everything. All right, y'all. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, Share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five-minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day.